You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Welcome on into Locked On College Football. I'm Zach Blackerby with Locked On Auburn. And my co-host every Tuesday, Isaiah Hole with Locked On Wolverines and Wolverines Wire. Isaiah, you ready to do this thing? Fired up, bro. Fired up. I can't wait, we, man. We got some college football to talk about. Yes. It might not be the college football I'm accustomed to. It is not <laughs> the stuff that you're going to be t- uh, all hyped up for in two weeks, but we still got it. Right. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny. Before SEC starts, you know, down here in the heart of it in, in Auburn, it's, uh, you know, I'll take BYU on a Monday night. I'll take it. I don't know if Navy necessarily showed up last night, but BYU certainly did. No, B- BYU, I mean, now BYU is like one of the, in, in my opinion, not to offend the BYU fans out uh, there, but I'm, I, I feel like they're either boring to tears and last night they were, they were that, but not because of them. Because it was all because Navy didn't show up, or they're super exciting. I just wish that they would have had someone when they decided they were going to be exciting to watch. Uh-huh. I would just wish that they had an opponent that w- decided that they were going to mash that level of intensity. Well, that was kind of That's dubbed as the uh, the game of the week, right? I mean, it was uh, they put it prime time, your Labor Day evening matchup. I was pumped for it. And I think the line was pretty close, and I'm like, sweet, sign me up for this. I was like emotionally ready to stay up late. I do a morning show. I got to get up at like 3 o'clock every morning and have a four-month-old kid. So like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to punt sleep tonight to watch this. And then I like, you know, a few minutes into the second half, I blink, and it's like 45 to nothing or whatever. So uh, it was kind of, a, kind of a disaster for Navy. But I was listening to uh, Jake Hatch from Locked on Cougars on the way into work this morning. And um, obviously he's excited, but he's building this up as like one of the bigger wins for BYU's football program in recent memory. I mean, that's a that's a big deal. And he's saying they could go eight and zero. That that was kind of their biggest test so far, or the biggest test on their schedule. They've got Army coming up. That I think the talent drops off a ton. What happens if BYU goes eight and zero? Does that matter at all in the national scheme of things? Uh, no, because like <laughs> their competition's pretty bad. Yeah, except for Army. I mean. Uh, it's it's great that they get to play Army because that's who I wish they would have played yesterday. Because I mean, Black Knights absolutely demolished Middle Tennessee over the weekend yeah. in a way that I certainly wouldn't have predicted. Yeah, it was like I a three and a half point line, I think, in Vegas. I mean, yeah. Uh, but I mean, they could. I mean, they should go eight eight and zero or seven and one, right? Like yeah. Army's their only real tough test. Other, uh, I mean, I normally would put Houston. In that uh, in that category, but at the same time, like, what's Houston right now? Houston's, like, we don't know if uh, Dana Holgerson's got that program back up and humming, but, I mean, they've had some good wins, so I don't really know why, like, they beat USC last year. That That's a... That's a huge win, even if USC is a shell of the, you know, what the program right. it's known for being. So, I don't really... I don't know why yesterday gets you hyped up as much as, you know, something like that. Maybe it's because of the same year that they beat uh, USC. They lost to Toledo and a really bad South Florida team. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Again, proving my point of how sometimes BYU is exciting and sometimes 
they're terrible. Yeah, no, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. As far as like promotions yesterday, building up last night's game, I saw a ton of stuff saying, like, all right, college football starts tonight, and that kind of rubbed me the wrong way because there had been like you know several games that had already been played you know earlier that weekend, including SMU with the cleanest jerseys that I've seen in a while. Did you see those those white uh, SMU jerseys oh, yeah. with the red Dallas on it? Oh, sign oh, me absolutely. up for more of that. You know what? I I, I kind of love SMU just in general, just because I when I, when Michigan played Florida in 2017, my hotel unwittingly to me was right across the street from SMU's campus. Okay. So that morning, because that was the season opener for college football in 2017 for Michigan, it was like a 3:30 kick. So I couldn't sleep, of course, Mm -hmm. because usually, you know, the night before the season opener, I'm too hyped up. I'm too juiced. I got to get out there. So I I walked across the street and just walked around SMU's campus and the football stadium. So I was I already like SMU. Plus, when you you know, you see uh, uh, the you know, the statues and I mean, their stadium is just cool and little. Yeah. And yeah, when you get to see see that uh, those white jerseys with the uh, curse of Dallas and the. uh, in the red, I mean, yeah, so clean, super dope. I love it. I love it. Uh, anything else you want to discuss from this past weekend in regards to uh, the, the football games? I, I, I thought we talked more about BYU and Navy when we were kind of planning today's show, but uh, yeah, Navy kind of Navy didn't really show up. So, I mean, any, anything else you want to add from that? I mean, the the only other thing that I kind of really have is that SMU Texas State game is surprising in the sense, yes, SMU won. Yeah. But by a touchdown against Texas State, well, like they, I, I, with Shane Bouchelle still leading the charge, like right. what happened? They uh, they did not want to win that game. They fumbled like on the inch going in, and then uh, they turned it over, and they had a, like a bad punt. I mean, they did not want to win that game. But uh, props to them for kind of staying true and figuring out a way to do it. But yeah, they did not want to win that game because they had every chance in the world to go up two or three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. They just didn't do it. They just let them hang around. So I watched like the first three quarters. So I didn't even watch the the fourth. But I was just like, I, I tweeted during the game and saying like, "Hey, SMU at Texas State, you do understand that, you, you know, you guys are your your seasons have started. Mm-hmm. You could you could actually go ahead and play football now because right. it was a messy affair uh, to begin. I, I mean, I guess we're gonna see some of that, you know, because like Navy didn't do any kind of like tackling. Or anything like that in the preseason because of the pandemic, and it shows mm-hmm. that they, they defensively, which Herb Street kept on mentioning uh, through what I watched of the game, like you know early on, being like, this is normally a really stout defensive front for Navy, and they just couldn't bring anybody down. So I'm curious to see what happens when we get the Power Five this week. Uh, see if. Hopefully we get something that looks a little less week zero-y because that's, I think, kind of what we got so far. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to see some of these bigger names. I'm excited for for Clemson, just to see Clemson, right? Right. That has to be super fired up. Yeah, give me my dose of Trevor Lawrence, please, and thank you. Um, Some other news happening. Uh, This happened yesterday. Oregon's Panay Sewell opting out, of course, 2019's Outland Trophy winner, and he's ranked as the second overall prospect according to most places. It's Trevor, and then it's Sewell. Is this relevant at all? I mean, the Pac-12 seems the least likely to play of all of the Power Five conferences. I mean, so odds are he wasn't going to play anyway. But is this relevant in your mind at all? 
I mean, yeah. Not. Okay. Uh, I mean, you have a point that they weren't going to, you know, that they're the least likely to play. But they, they just, you know, got the whole testing deal going. I mean, they're trying to align with the Big Ten. I don't. I don't know what to make of a lot of the Big Ten rumors. I trust Dan Patrick and not random internet user. Oh, but come on. <laughs> but you know, like, so I don't know if if they're actually going to be able to align with the Big Ten. But I feel like they're going to go eventually. And to me, because the Pac-12 tends to be the somewhat forgotten conference, right? I feel like they need all the firepower they can get because mm-hmm. who's really exciting you in the in the Pac-12? Oregon's literally pretty much it as far as national contender at the moment, which I think has been somewhat overhyped personally anyway. Yeah, they try to pitch us Washington every few years. I'm like, get out of here. Get out of here with that. But yeah, yeah. then USC's like, they, I mean, like you said, they've been a shell of themselves for the last few seasons. So it's just like, what are you giving me, Pac-12? USC is what Michigan tends to be, except for they even more underperformed than Michigan has, <laughs> right? Because it, they've been going through the stretch about as long as Michigan, and every time that they seemingly like, you know, they have like a big win, like they did in Week Four last year against uh, against Utah when no one saw that coming. That was great because I was out with the. Uh, I was having dinner with the Fox execs, uh, the the people who literally run Fox Sports. Is that a flex? Are you flexing right now? I'm flexing a little bit. Okay, but I'm intimidated but, right now. By the way, I hope that's okay. But they were uh, so we were all out to dinner because they were doing uh, they were doing the Michigan Wisconsin game, and they just wanted to kind of meet up with some uh, some media that was covering the covering the game, and they're like. You know, that game was on Fox, I believe. So they, they were just constantly like, what is going on right now? Yeah. And none of the TVs near us had it on. But that's like it for USC, right? They have like one big game every year that makes you say, there it is. Mm-hmm. They're back. Right. Just Texas is the same way, but Texas is at least, I don't know, they, they at least play relevant teams. In the Pac-12, like you, you hope that they play someone in non-conference. But other than that, and like, yeah, Washington was going to play. Michigan, Oregon was going to play Ohio State. So there were at least some really interesting games. But, man, it's just that conference as a whole. And I see quite a bit of Pac-12 after dark because when the, you know Michigan's going, uh, that's usually the only team I get to see. But by the time I get home, there's still a couple Pac-12 games that are going. Uh, and it just doesn't feel the same. So, yeah, I do think that Penny Sewell not being in it, I mean, that's going to make people – feel like even that much more like the the Pac-12 is a relevant league. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. As far as um players that have opted out, is there going is there a player that's opted out that you're like, "Man, I really wish I could have seen him play another season." For me, it's Jamar Chase. I mean, I I loved what LSU did last year. That offense was so fun. I mean, they were able to score at will pretty much to every team against every team except for one last year. And Chase was a big part of that. Obviously, Burrow and some other guys were a big, big part of that. But Chase was a stud. As an underclassman last season, he was a freak, and I think he was ready to pop regardless of who his quarterback was. So a lot of mock drafts have him, you know, as a top 15 guy. And I, you know, you always kind of want to see those guys catch as many passes as possible. So I am going to miss him a ton. Is there a guy that's opted out that you're like, man, I wish I could have seen him a little bit more? 
I mean, aside from Jamar Chase, which, yeah, that one was disappointing, of course. Um, I, I I think I'll go with staying in the Big Ten, since that's my region. Micah Parsons from Penn State. I mean, Stud. widely regarded as the top linebacker in the country, according to a lot of those uh, those advanced stats gurus out there. And, you know, playing at linebacker, you, uh, a guy that, I, I, a lot of people thought was going to go to Ohio State and ended up staying home and looked really good in his uh, early going. And this was going to be his defense, right? Because, like, Yator Grossmatos, the other big name on that defense, gone uh, to the draft this last year. Mm-hmm. So I was excited to see what uh, Micah Parsons was going to bring to the table. Was he going to live up to the hype? I mean, a lot of people thought that he – not only was going to be maybe the top linebacker in the country, but maybe the top defender in the Big Ten, and mm-hmm. now we don't even get to see see him whatsoever. So that's uh, that's, that's a good really answer. Disappointing. That's a good answer. Isaiah, are you a car guy? Sometimes. Well, depending. I watch a lot of Donut on YouTube. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Do you know uh, what service makes ordering car parts as easy as possible? I absolutely do because I've used it. A ton. RockAuto.com. Personal life. That's right. RockAuto.com. What's the most recent thing you've ordered from Rock uh, from RockAuto.com? Ooh, uh, I got a new car within the last six months. So it was something like six, seven months ago. So I don't remember. Might have been, might have been something like timing belts because okay. I my my old Cadillac loved to break down every other second. Yikes! And RockAuto was my savior. Sounds like it, man. Yeah, I uh, I use them. I'm not a car person at all. I used them a few months ago to order a headlight for uh, my wife's uh, SUV, and it was super easy. They just kind of ask what kind of car it is, and they give you all the options to pick from, and it's uh, it is super easy. So go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, SUV, and write "Locked On College." Or just locked on, and how did you hear about us, Box, with any that we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Isaiah, I think some interesting point of college football that, that I want to talk about, and this is in response to Duke naming their starting quarterback. They named Chase Bryce their starter. Of course, he transferred from Clemson. But this massive movement that we've seen throughout the whole landscape of college football with transferring of quarterbacks. And you see it with other positions too, but I think you see it most with quarterbacks, and also it's the most noticeable because that's kind of what you look at first when you look at every team. But, I mean, just guys that we're assuming going into 2020, I'm sure I'll leave some out, but uh, Chase Bryce transferring from Clemson to Duke. Felipe Franks was in the starting uh, mix at Florida last year. He's going to start for Arkansas this year. Um K.J. Costello was at Stanford. He's going to be at Mississippi State. De'Eric King uh, is going to be starting at Miami after transferring from Houston. He's uh, He threw six touchdowns in their close scrimmage last night, by the way. They play UAB on Thursday. And then Jamie Newman appeared to have the job at Georgia. He has since opted out and is preparing for the uh, the NFL draft. Do you think this is good for college football? I, I think it's – I mean, it's interesting, and especially we've had some experience with that here at Michigan. Shea, right? Uh, of course. Not just Shea Patterson, but also, uh, I mean, John O'Corn, uh, what you know, transferred from Houston right when Harbaugh arrived, along with Jake Rudock, who was a starter the first year. There's constantly uh, chatter up here on the local airwaves, usually from uh, rival Michigan State fans, yeah. about how Harbaugh can't seem to win with his own quarterback. But I, I so I'm kind of used to it. I say, I say that you know that's going to happen. 
uh, especially because there's only one quarterback position to go around. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, multiple offensive line positions or, uh, and, and it's usually that you aren't seeing multiple quarterbacks playing in a game. I know it looked like that that's where the, the game as a whole was headed 2018 when you had uh, the Trevor Lawrence-Kelly Bryant deal or the uh, – and I know Chase was ended up being a part of uh, part of that later – or the Tua and uh, Jalen Hurts. Right. You know, all of that. So I, I think it's just kind of what where the game is. I am disappointed in some ways because, like, some of these guys – uh, some of these guys were the, some of the first ones I covered in college football, like Felipe Franks and KJ Costello. And it seems really weird to me to think of like KJ Costello starting for Mississippi State and not at Stanford. Or, it's weird. I mean, Felipe, Felipe Franks not at not Arkansas. I think we're seeing bigger, more established names starting to to transfer in the last couple of years, like Jalen Hurts to Oklahoma, like uh, Kelly Bryant to Mizzou. It that's that's different to me. It's not just like Shea Patterson was, yeah, he was. He started a year and and a quarter at Ole Miss, but he wasn't necessarily like a big household name yet. Right. Whereas some of these other guys are. So, I'd like to see guys duke it out, but at the same time, it you, you have to understand that there that's the only way that some of these guys are going to be able to carry on with their college careers because if they can't win the job at the one place, they have to be able to go somewhere else and find. Uh, that opportunity. So I think it makes it kind of raises the playing field overall, right? Yeah. And yeah. And, and, and and I think you. Uh, sorry to cut you off, man. But I mean, you, you're you're naming a lot of schools. But I think as far as you know, the top you know ten percent of college football, it doesn't seem to be affecting those schools that much. I mean, maybe you know folks are leaving Clemson. Or folks are leaving Alabama. Jalen Hurts going to Oklahoma is the biggest one I can think of as far as affecting the national landscape of college football. Do you think it's going to become even more normal, even for the top schools, over the next few seasons? I mean, if, if they keep on bringing in really high-level names, and then, you know, you look at a school like Oklahoma, which we've mentioned a few times here. I mean, how many of their last quarterbacks have been transfers, mm-hmm. right? That's, That's kind true. of their forte yeah. is bringing in those guys. They've kind of made a living off of it. Right. The, you know, be a transfer to Oklahoma, be a Heisman contender, or even a Heisman winner at quarterback. Easy sales but, pitch. Yeah, exactly. And I think that if you're if you're a Clemson and you're able to get in a Trevor Lawrence, then it, it doesn't of course you're you're probably not going to lose out on that guy as long as or lose out on uh your quarterbacks as long as everyone that comes in afterwards if they're four or five stars they understand they're going to have to yeah you're going to be able to compete for that starting job per se mm-hmm. but you're probably not going to win and you're going to have to wait your turn uh that i think with the Clemsons and Alabamas of the world yeah that's probably going to end up uh you're going to be able to retain that top guy I think it's when you start seeing a guy like Derek King, who a lot of people thought was going to have a really bright career in Houston, decided to sit out the rest of his season, and it seemed like it was just a red shirt so he could come back and, and have a more meaningful season at Houston, and then he goes to Miami. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you start seeing an effect when guys leave schools when they don't have to. Right. Uh, but otherwise, you know, you look at uh, – Hunter, what's his last name, who was from Clemson, who ended up at Northwestern, you know, right? Like that's – no, his career hasn't been great at Northwestern yet, but that's that's where I think it makes the cream 
of all everything somewhat rise because you yeah. have you you know Clayton Thorson, uh, not Clayton Thorson. Who was, there was the other uh, quarterback that ended up at Clemson, uh, not Clemson Northwestern. See, it's early. I have a hard time talking. No, you're good. But, uh, but the uh, you know you you start getting a lot of these top names that end up at usually the smaller schools. I, that's where I think it's more interesting is when they end up at not the big premier Oklahomas of the world, mm-hmm. but when they end up at those second tier, maybe third tier type schools, that's where I think things become a lot more interesting because it can help a team that maybe wouldn't be in contention have that opportunity. All right, when we come back, uh, I, I want to ask you, Isaiah, about what in the world is going on with the Big Ten and what's the holdup with making a decision right here on Locked On College Football. All right, Isaiah, I mean, take us through, you know, your neck of the woods up there in Michigan, heart of Big Ten country. Yeah, I mean, you, you hear, okay, things are back on. You hear Harbaugh saying, hey, we can play in two weeks. You're hearing some folks say October 10th. I mean, what's the latest with this? And are things really changing or is it just internet rumors and it's 2020 and you never know what to believe? I mean, there is an element of where there's smoke, there's fire, right? I think that that's always something that is somewhat true. But I think the question is, is who are these rumors coming from? Are they coming from, like Harbaugh flat out said, uh, when we were on our march uh, over the weekend, that, you know, we think that there's certainly a possibility that we're playing in October. Is that coming from coaches? Is it coming from athletic directors? Or is it coming from presidents? Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's the presidents that are making the decisions. Uh, You know, you see a lot of Internet rumors out there. There's uh, I I don't want to call attention to to this rumor monger, but he seems to just kind of be taking uh, a lot of the the things that either the president of the United States is saying about the Big Ten or Dan Patrick is saying and kind of fabricating it into his own narrative. And people just kind of hang on breathlessly. I don't think we really know. Right. Because there have been some reputable people that have reported that there's going to be a revote. Uh, some of my former colleagues at uh, the Ohio State 24-7 site uh, have uh, intimated as much. But they seem to be the only ones. Right. There isn't. It seems like there would be more smoke out there than there is as far as that's concerned. Now, do I think the Big Ten will play early and possibly earlier than a lot of uh, a lot a lot of pundits out there believe. Yeah, I, I personally do, just because I think that that's where momentum is kind of taking it. Uh, but is it a done deal? I don't think it's anywhere close to a done deal. Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of work to be done. I think there's a lot of convincing to be done. Like I can't foresee Michigan's president uh, reversing course. He's an immunologist. Mm-hmm. He voted no against a season, uh, and. I, you know, we're just kind of waiting for disaster here on campus at Michigan, considering they brought back all the students. There's a uh, graduate student strike because of uh, the lack of uh, protection and things of that nature when it comes to classes. So I, I think they're still a little ways away, but I, I think it's certainly possible, if not likely, that we see a season start either in October or November. Yeah, but I, don't I, think I love the idea. Really knows anything. Yeah, I love the idea of it possibly starting on ten ten with the Big Ten. I think that's fantastic. The SEC people, you know, there's a lot of folks around the SEC. Uh, there was a movement. It was really kind of peaked last week on Twitter, but wanting to call the SEC's ten game conference schedule the Big Ten. How much would that make Big Ten people upset? I mean, if they want to try to give the Big Ten 
free free uh, advertising in the sense of calling themselves the Big Ten. Because no one's going to think, oh, yeah, the SEC is the Big Ten. No, I mean, that's not – I understand that's the schedule. But right. the Big Ten is the Big Ten. Like, Ohio State and Michigan are premier – and Penn State are premier teams in college football, no matter how you slice it. I know the SEC has a has a really – high reputation for itself and deservedly so because i mean there's six or seven teams in the sec that it seems any given year could be elite right the big 10 really has four uh maybe five on a given year that uh that could be in that conversation are you but, putting wisconsin in there is that the fourth team yeah that threw okay. wisconsin in there gotcha that was but nice you, of you. You, <laughs> I mean, so, sometimes <laughs> you know there, there's another there's another school here and there you know you got to watch yeah. out for uh you know, we, we all wait for Nebraska. Right. But, uh, you know, sometimes Iowa gets in the conversation. Years ago, it was Michigan State. Yeah, that's fair. But, but it, it doesn't compare to, in overall, you know, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Georgia, Florida. Yeah. You know, like that. And then, you know, every now and again, you could get a South Carolina rise up. Um, you know, Ole Miss or Mississippi State gets to, you know, Ole Miss had a couple years there beating – Alabama, where it just seemed like that's what they did. So yeah, that was awesome. I mean, one of the things that I think is like it, it's the SEC. You don't need some kind of slight against the Big Ten to to kind of make yourself feel good. You should feel good by the fact that you're playing football and you're the SEC. You're the unquestioned uh, top dog in all of college football. Right. So I would just stick to uh, what you've been doing because you don't need that fodder uh, that. Uh, that those type of little jabs at the Big Ten because right now the Big Ten's down because they're not playing. Yeah, no, I feel you, man. I feel. You. I was just curious to get your thoughts on that, Isaiah. Th- this is fun. I look forward to doing this every Tuesday here on Locked On College Football. Where can people find you and hear you, bud? Uh, they can find me on Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group uh, or Locked On Wolverines. Uh, so you can find that uh, Locked On Wolverines on anywhere you get your podcasts. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah. Fantastic. I'm on Twitter at Z Blackerby, and you can follow me or listen to me on Locked On Auburn every single day. Like Isaiah said, wherever you get your podcasts. So more folks with Locked On College will have you tomorrow. We will have you next Tuesday. This has been Locked On College Football. You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.